0: Have you thought about what kind of games you're playing? And if not, maybe you should. Welcome my mere mortalites to another round of the book reviews. My name is Kyron and I do these book reviews for those who wanna transcend beyond their own mere mortality to look into some interesting philosophical questions, arguments and ideas. And today we do have actually quite fun book because we're talking about finite and infinite games. Now, this book was published in 1986, and it's about 150 pages in length, so it's relatively short. It's not, it's not a book, big one. And I'm going to mention right at the start that I'm probably going to say finite wrong because it's too hard to keep switching between finite and infinite. So, I'm probably going to be saying fin- finite games a, a lot. Now, this book is it's hard to describe, but I would say it's somewhat of a philosophy. Uh, and by this, I'm saying it examines human actions and interactions. So in the book, he goes through a lot about how there's two types of games and how this will affect sports, politicians, war, art, lovemaking, um, sex, mythology, culture, nature, even all of these things are are wrapped up and sort of fall into these two categories that he's put, which is the, the finite and the infinite game. And I'll detail the difference between these very shortly. It's somewhat poetic, the book itself, in in certain sections um, and very obscure at times with lots of quotes referencing other people. So, for example, I've written down here I saw quotes from Hegel, from Plato, from Dickens, but there was also other philosophers and artists mixed throughout this which were to help emphasize a point or to, to put something additional in there. Now, the book itself and the author James Cass was he was a religious scholar and this book is really pretty different from the rest of his works from what I could tell uh, on his bio the rest of his were really examining different types of Christianity or religions and, and diving deep into them whereas this really doesn't include that much yes it touches upon religion but that's not the the main focus of the book I would say it's mostly because he seems to be a bit of a questioner so he really dives deep into just questioning nature questioning how he's behaving well not how he's behaving particularly but how humans behave and what kind of games that we play the book itself is split up into seven chapters so i'll read these out quickly number one there are at least two kinds of games so this is talking about what defining the two different kinds two no one can play a game alone i three i'm the genius of myself four a finite game occurs within a world five nature is the realm of the unspeakable six we control nature for societal reasons and seven myth provokes explanation but accepts none of it now these are somewhat obscure and i would say yes someone uh, some of the arguments within uh, are somewhat obscure as well i'm going to jump onto the first theme which is finite versus infinite what game are you playing so what are the characteristics of of these two and how can one determine what kind of game you're playing and i'll go here to the very first page with the very first statement that he has there are at least two kinds of games one could be called finite the other infinite a finite game is played for the purpose of winning an infinite game for the purpose of continuing continuing the play so that's the the basic definition uh also on the on the title here if a finite game is to be won by someone it must come to a definite a definite end it will come to an end when someone has won so that i guess is basically in a nutshell how you can determine these two games and here's some of the other characteristics and they're, they're pretty much complete opposites. so a finite game is bounded i.e there's time limits or there is and knowledge for everyone participating as to when it ends. Uh, There are titles awarded, so there is a winner. There is someone who comes out ahead. There is, um, and this can be in even in things like uh, a degree. You are now a master's of philosophy. You now have a PhD. You're a doctor, that sort of thing. Uh, It's voluntary, so you have to be willing to play the game, and you can't um, be forced to play it. If someone is forced to play a game, they're not, actually playing the game that's a different scenario Um, this actually is one of the ones that is only across both of them you have to be sort of voluntarily playing the game it's fixed uh, there's fixed rules so everyone knows going in hey these are the rules you can't kick the ball when it goes past this line you're not allowed to poke this person in the eye if you're doing playing this sport you must uh, abide by you know using this language if you're using this code or, or whatnot uh, there is It's very serious, so when you're playing a, a finite game, everyone's very serious and they' they're out to win essentially or to there is a purpose behind it. Uh, it's theatrical, and I'll talk a lot more about this in the in the second point uh, in the second theme. Uh, and I would say you somewhat need to have an opponent in a, in a finite game. Now, if you compare an infinite game to all of these, it's it's pretty much the opposite. There are no boundaries. The The game, the purpose is to continue to the play. So there is definitely no time limit, but there's generally no limit of how you can express yourself and the things that you can do. There's no titles awarded. You, there's never a winning at life. You can't say someone won at life, for example. Uh, it's... It is also voluntary as well. There's no fixed rules, so the rules change throughout. That is part of the game itself. Uh, it's non-serious. There is a joviality, a, a lightheartedness behind it. Uh, instead of being theatrical, it is uh, dramatic. And once again, I'll talk about that. And then there's no particular opponent. You, you sort of just go along and you're, you're playing a game, but there can't be a winner. So there's not really an opponent to play against neither. So what are some examples of this? Give me some, some actual ones. So, so here are some of the ones that I found from the book. World War II, for example, was a finite game. We knew which side is on this side. You're not allowed to attack Switzerland because they are the neutral entity. Um, you can uh, do these sorts of uh, things to your opponent. But if you step beyond this line, you know, if you torture them or if you do these things, then we all agree you're not playing the game really. Uh, you, there, there's a winner and a loser, there's a definite end to the game i.e. when Germany capitulated, that's the end of the game or when Japan surrendered, that's the end of the game. Whereas if you look at something like the French Revolution, who particularly won that? You know, Was there a set time when the revolution ended? Not particularly. Was there uh, someone who won the French Revolution? No, You, I guess you could argue there were some people who lost it but there was still a a fluidity to it that you wouldn't find in, say, World War II, which had very definite had a start point and end point and and followed most or if not all of the the characteristics I listed above. There's a uh, you know degrees and knowledge. So yes, you can get a degree in engineering. I have a degree in engineering, but do I have the knowledge of engineering within me? You know what? That's that's a different game. That is. Uh, there's, a different thing, there's a difference between people having a piece of paper and saying, look at this, I, I got this, I got this title, and then the person who actually knows how to go out and build the bridge and who knows how to construct things, who can see the pitfalls. And this is why you will have some people who are eminently better at what they're doing, i.e. engineering, but they might not have the piece of paper because that's just a game that you can play to prove that you have some level of skill in this. Uh, society and culture is another prime example he lists. So society is the rules and structures we have. I.e. I'm only allowed to drive on the left-hand side of the road here in Australia. Uh, I, it's not really acceptable for me to go around punching people in the face. It's not acceptable for um, you know, me to be joining this club. And if it's the, I don't know, a political club having these ideas which are outside of that, no, that's not allowed. Whereas culture, it's a lot more fluid. You know what? When was the who was the winner or loser of uh, the I don't know Renaissance? Who was the person who dictates the you know next best song? Can you have the best song of all time? Sort of thing. Yes, if you're playing the game of charts and and whatnot, i.e. the finite game, but the infinite game. No, it's it's fluid. The best song of all time is very subjective and it's it, it comes and goes in waves, perhaps. You know, the sentiment in the 80s might be different from it is in the 2020s. So my own version of this would be someone like uh, Johnny Warren or Roger Federer. So uh, Johnny Warren was, uh, for those who don't know, was an Australian soccer player, football player, if you uh, prefer that word. And he was obviously playing... A number of finite games he played soccer he you know played to win to to get uh you know his team be the victorious ones and get the titles and the awards and all those sorts of good things that come from that but he loved the game of soccer and he was playing the infinite game in the sense that he was a continual promoter of it he would be you know after he was unable to play the finite game as much anymore then he moved into broadcasting to popularizing it to and you know trying to get australia into the world cup all of these sorts of things and so he will he was playing the infinite game in that sense even though it's both related to the same sport there was the sport of the finite games a series of of things you can do and then there was also the the general promotion of of soccer and having the play continue for other people so that people in the future can play it that was a pretty good example i would say of of the difference between the two and how someone can um, play finite games within the infinite game which is another rule that was somewhat stated you can be an infinite player you can have the mindset of an infinite player but you can be still playing finite games and, and be realize that whilst whilst you're doing that now a, a question I guess would be why, why these two and you know th- this is somewhat of a, a deeper question because you know why does anyone come up with this philosophy why does anyone say this and all I can sort of say for this is this sounds reminiscent of what I've heard of Piaget's theories on play and how kids play when they're they're growing up and how this plays such a vital importance in their maturity and their you know all of the uh, the things that there's sociability, their ability to communicate with other people, and 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 all of these sorts of things, and I'm pretty sure these ideas were going around in 1986 when he was writing this book. So I I feel like that would have had an influence on this, you know, playing and games. They they're synonymous. They're the, they're almost the same thing. It also really gets into, I guess, like explaining contradictory and paradoxical and. He splits these two up in the book and he says both of them are are strange in a way. There's the the game, the finite game is contradictory, whereas the infinite game is paradoxical. Uh, And he goes into why these two are, are slightly different. But I think that's part of the reason as well. He was trying to explain human actions and look at what we do and why we do it and how you can have a somewhat different mindset depending on what you're trying to do you know are you trying to do this thing for like the long-term life sort of goal or is it more of a I'm in this moment and doing this thing for a particular purpose right now I think there's a a difference between those two and so he tried to to examine that within this book now the other theme is genius and poesis Uh, I believe that's how you say that which is divine nature and creation, I guess. And this is getting to the parts of the book where it's a bit harder to understand. So I will uh, define these two words as I I got from the dictionary. So genius would be the individual instance of a general divine nature that is present in every individual person, place or thing, i.e. similar to a guardian angel or maybe even the soul perhaps in, in a person. Uh, poesis is the activity in which a person brings something into being that did not exist before so in my own words I would sort of say these these two are your individuality individuality and creativity is expressed in infinite play and so that's how these two relate to the game so you're in the infinite game you're going to be expressing your divine nature I guess your creation whereas it in the in the finite game you you can't do that and you might be thinking oh but there's all sorts of instances of people being creative and and doing amazing things whilst in a soccer match or doing a brilliant chess move or something like that but i'll get into why this particularly doesn't work and that's it's the the infinite game is is focused on the the future it's it's about what can be created next it's about bringing forth into life something that wasn't before it's about sort of you know trying to do something that has never been done before it's exploring the world it's very adventurous whereas the the finite game is you're, you're trying to achieve something can fix something and the best player is the one who can sort of see it all so there it's more past focused if you do all of this training you'll be able to perform this one move excellently. And so it's not so much about finding that inner creativity and, and whatnot. Uh, it's it's about almost regimenting yourself and being so strict that you can foresee all possible futures and that you can move and interact and anticipate these so that you're the one who comes out ahead. So some of the examples of these were the surgeon who cures an illness whereas the doctor heals it so the the surgeon is like i'm going to try and just find whatever it is that is ailing you fix it for the moment and send you off whereas the you know the doctor would would heal you like what's the underlying sickness for that uh, you know this is this might show up as a rash but maybe it has something to do with your posture why is your posture poor because you've got all this stress in your life why do you have all this stress in your life it's more i guess fluid and dynamic another would be the seducer conquers whereas the lover creates a family so the seducer might be able to get the woman in bed but the 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 lover is the one who can you know create a family with her who can sort of see beyond the sexuality and and go deeper i guess so once again, I would say it's probably best to, to really read the book and, and get his words flowing directly through to you because I'm trying to just, uh, I, I suppose, explain the core, core concepts but he does so, so much a better job in the book, obviously, because it's in his own words. Another distinction is the master player and so this is really getting into what I was talking about with the finite game, how you can't really be creative. The best player is the one who can anticipate everything. They're the best predictor. If this person is probably going to move in this direction, so I should do this. If they do this, then I can do this. Uh, you know, ball goes over here. Maybe the the market, if you're a stock trader, the market's going to swing up in this direction and I can cap out at this point or take my, my wins and then blah, blah, blah. The, uh, the quiz answer goes like this. I should respond to this quiz with this set of words in this order and this will please this person. And that is what will get me the win, I guess. So all of these are are really driving at the point that you... I'm I'm not going to say that you want to be playing more infinite games because I think that's adding a bit of my own bias into this, but it's just explaining that there's a difference between the two and that I think it's it's somewhat crucial to be aware of when you're playing a finite game and being aware of that and then when you're playing an infinite game and to be aware of that as well. And he's got all sorts of additional points about how you almost need to blind yourself when you're playing the finite game um, and to, to sort of behave theat- um, theatrically, to behave like an actor on the stage. And it's like, oh, this person did this surprise, but I knew exactly what I was going to say next in response to this. I think that's a good description. My only question was, is there any disruptions of this? Can you see any moments when the infinite play or parts of it is injected into a a finite game or vice versa. And so I came up with a couple myself. One would be the Fosbury flop. So this is the guy who basically invented the method of high jump where you go over leaning and turning and sort of forming an arch with your back to go over the bar. Whereas most people before that were doing this simple scissor kick and one of the things you can see is like that was an insanely creative thing to do but the reaction wasn't wow what a master player he's you know he's done this amazing thing the more reaction was sort of oh are you are you even allowed to do that like it's almost shock silence in a way hey is that even can is that allowed like uh, that's kind of weird that looks weird uh yeah you're getting higher than everyone else by you know x amount but uh, that that doesn't seem to really be within the rules is is that you know that was the sort of the reaction another one would be the blitzkrieg in world war 2 that was a completely innovative new form of of warfare where it, you punch through quickly followed none of the the normal rules of making sure that your back lines catch up to you so that you don't get flanked so that your supply lines remain intact that's the most crucial thing the Germans were like, no, nah, fuck it. We'll go as far and hard and deep as we can and penetrate as deep as we can and maybe link up with other people here and it will we'll sort of shock them into submission. And once again, it wasn't like, wow, that was a masterful tactic. It was like, wait, are you even allowed to do that? Like, is this, is this permissible? It was almost like people were shocked. Um, and granted, this is a bit different because it involves violence and violence is somewhat shocking. So, uh, yeah, the other... Point would maybe be you know when could a, a finite game intrude on an infinite game so this could be let's just take an actor like a famous hollywood celebrity or something and they're behaving in their normal life and you know they're just trying to get some groceries or they're out for a picnic with their family and then a fan stumbles along and it's like oh my god it's the hulk or it's this you know it's this person who they played in a movie how how do they respond to that that's almost like a finite game is being forced upon them in whilst they're in this other sort of role that they're, they're trying to do which is more the the family mindset or or something like that so i think that could be a an interesting scenario where you see actors or famous people getting angry perhaps at a, a rabid fan because they're trying to impose something on them when they're in this more infinite mindset and they're, they're not acting at that moment, you know, they're being more their genuine self, something like that. Um, maybe even like, uh, you know, endorsements for a, a religious endorsement or something like that. So, uh, you are part of uh, a religion. You're, you're trying to just be, uh, you know, in your, in your church or something, whatnot. And then, uh, a f- uh, a politician comes in and says, "Like we want your endorsements, we want this. We're like, we want you to play in this game." It's like, whoa, uh, I'm not sure. i Like, I want to be part of that, and it's almost like a forcing in. So, a couple of little thoughts there. Some of my observations and takeaways: This book is not going to be for everyone. I'll 100% guarantee that. This book fascinated me because I think I somewhat already thought in these types of terms. Like, what kind of game are you playing in this life? Are you? Are you out for the money game? Are you out for the fame game? For the respect game? For you know the the family type game? Like what? What sort of? I I already sort of had this sort of mindset in my, my in my head, which is why this book made a lot more intuitive sense to me. Versus, I think other people might come into this and be like, "This is a weird book, and I don't understand it." So I wanted to put that caveat out there. The genius section, for example, the chapter three, that's almost near gibberish. Even I struggled to really get through that. Um, And I think this book is great for those who are interested in paradox and contradictions and things like that, because I think this explains it quite nicely. Um, And coming back after reading the book, that section, it it did make a bit more sense to me. So it feels like it's one of those books where you you need to go through it to be able to come back and and really get the the juicy parts another interesting thing that i found was that there was it had a bit of everything like there was quotes there was references there was really great one liners that stick in your in your brain there was explanatory comparisons there was you know examples of what he was talking about there was poetry um, i myself was reading it was uh, damn that's a really good quote i'm going to write that down and i've actually got a whole list of quotes that i i would like to read out but i think i'll save them actually for the uh, end of month book recap cuz i think they'll they'll work better in in that area so uh, if you're interested about some of those head off onto that video when it's released or that audio when it's released and the the final thing was that if you want more details of perhaps you you found my explanations here not so great. Uh, I would suggest going back to a book review I did quite a while ago called The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. And I actually noted in that, and this is probably why I read this book, was he was talking about the infinite game and how that applies to a business context and how you should treat your employees in this sort of way. And so, this book quite influenced him. He wrote a book sort of on, on the topic. So, uh, if you want a, a more detailed explanation, particularly of a business sense, that's that's a, a, a good recommendation to go to. So, in summary, it's the type of philosophy I can actually enjoy. So, it's not heighty, mighty. It is somewhat poet poetic, which I'm generally not a fan of. I prefer more easy, simple statements to understand. But... It explains the world in a unique, novel way I hadn't really found before, and uh, I, I quite enjoy that. And it and it made intuitive sense to me. Um, his general de- distinctions of games and plays were were certainly uh, detailed enough that I, I i really felt like I get what he was trying to say. And then because he expanded it onto all of these other topics, from diverse things like war to office politics to Sports to sex to stories, he had all of these touching points, which you know sort of encompass the whole human experience. Um, It's definitely not for everybody, but has made a big big impact on me and definitely questioning for me of what types of games I'm playing and whether I want to be playing the infinite game, the finite game, and uh, you know, examining my life a bit more deeply through this new mindset and this lens. So the Finite and Infinite Games by James P. Cass. I'm giving it a very solid 8 out of 10. Um, a, a very nice book. It's uh, It's been a while since I've found some sort of philosophy that really connected with me. And so that is it for the audio. My main model Lights. thank you for joining me to this part. What do you think of the finite and infinite games? Do you look at your own life through this lens? What sort of games do you like to play? Me personally, I'm more on the infinite side and when i'm playing the finite game try to be quite aware of it uh, but yes i would love to to hear your thoughts the best way to do this would be to send a boostergram. so the to do that go to newpodcastapps.com upload some satoshis which are a small amount of bitcoin into your wallet and send them through to the mere models book reviews i read all of these and read them out on the book recap This is a Value for Value podcast, so your support is very much appreciated. I can only continue to do these things because of your support. The more that you donate, the more... like less stress I have in my life, the more time I have to to really work on these and create the best book reviews that I can. So, uh, all of it is always 100% appreciated and I do try and include you as much as I can in, in the, the process of these as well. So, book recommendations, things like that as well uh, are really appreciated. So, other than that, I hope you're having a fantastic day and a fantastic game wherever you are in the world. Kyron, note.